everybody, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. If you want to get in touch with me with questions, you can email me at hello at drsamburn.com. And you can always text me your questions at 1-844-932-1291. I would like to let you know about my new membership program. This is going to offer members new information on how to improve their vision and wellness. So you will get access to articles, video blogs, podcasts, and webinars. Also a live Q&A with me. And all of this information will empower you to make informed decisions about your vision and your health. So to sign up, go to my website, drsamburn.com, and you can see the details there. All right, now on to the show. everybody welcome to our class today you can always message me in the chat this will be recorded so you can get a copy of it and uh, that copy will be available for you until the 17th of the 17th of uh, July good so please let me know if you can't hear me and uh, we, we think our audio system is working well. We've tested it out, so here we go. I wanna welcome you to my class today. I'm very excited to be here and offer this to you. I feel a great sense of gratitude to my community uh, we started this project back in 2016, and uh, we've grown it thanks to you, and uh, we'll continue to offer new and innovative things. Always love hearing from you if there's something that you would like to see or know about. Uh, we have an offer that I will talk to you about at the end of our workshop, but I wanted to jump in and uh, get going because we have a limited time today and I want to stay on track. So one of the easiest ways that we can actually monitor our health is through our vision, through our eyes. And the eyes reflect so many things in our body For example, one of the things our eyes reflect our systemic health. And when we go for an eye exam, which we all have done, including me, we go to the exam and there may be something that the doctor picks up and um, immediately we're just talking about the eyeball. We're not talking about 
how the eyes are affecting the, the body. And I remember when I was studying Chinese medicine, acupuncture, which many of you or most of you have experienced, we know the connections on a meridian level, liver, gallbladder, spleen, colon, small intestine, large intestine. So the, the key thing here is that when we have a, an eye problem, if we can start looking at the systemic reasons why the eyes are changing, this could help us in being able to, how can we say, um, remedy the situation without drugs and surgery. You know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that our pupil response, our sensitivity to light can be an indicator on the stress level that we experience not only on an eye level, but also a body level. And if we are light sensitive, our pupils remain dilated. This is an indicator that our sympathetic nervous system is overworking uh, fight, flight, freeze response as an example. And there are things that we could do both on an adrenals level and a thyroid level, which could actually help us reduce our light sensitivity and learn to regulate our light uh, into, the, into the eyes and into the body better. We can also look at how the eyes interface with the brain. You've probably seen in some of my uh, content pieces on research on looking at the retina and being able to pick up brain health, specifically Alzheimer's and dementia. So eyes and brain go together. Endocrine and eyes go together. Systemic and eyes go together. Nervous system and eyes go together. The fluid body, cerebral spinal fluid, and eyes go together. So what I thought I would do is I would like to launch a poll right now. And the question is, um, what drew you to this class? And there's a whole list of reasons, macular degeneration, glaucoma, cataracts, dry eye, children's vision, myopia, hyperopia, stigmatism, double vision, floaters. So if you wouldn't mind taking the poll and letting me know what your interest is. And you can either do so on the poll or you can, um, you can write it in the chat, either way. Very good, very good. Thank you for participating. Some people are saying they can't see me. Is that actually true? Or are you seeing me? I can see you. Okay, cool, thank you. Appreciate that feedback.
I can see you. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thank you. I can see you, but it isn't in sync. Your speech My, yeah, and the video. Not, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're now working. it's good. It, yeah, now, it's better now. Okay, good. Excellent. So I've got a whole team behind me that's working on this. So thank you for the feedback. All right, wonderful for yes. participating. I love it. I don't understand the multiple choice question. What does that mean? I don't see a question. Oh, you don't see a question. Okay, so why don't you in the chat say what eye condition do you want to learn about today? Macular degeneration, okay. glaucoma, cataracts, dry eye, children's vision, myopia, hyperopia, double vision, floaters. We haven't done the, the, the second and third. We're not going to do those questions because just the just the first one. So we've got floaters, children's vision, nystagmus, third nerve palsy. By the way, we will have time for questions at the end. So uh, if I don't get to your question, I want to get into some exercises as well. Stigmatism. All right, we're gonna um, we're gonna end the poll, and let's see what the results are. So we have a little bit of macular degeneration, glaucoma, cataracts is a big one, forty-seven percent, forty percent dry eye, thirteen percent children's vision, myopia. 60%. Oh my goodness. Okay. Appreciate that. Astigmatism, 40%. Floaters. Okay. Excellent. 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 All right. All right. I'm going to close this down. Again, you can always message me. We're looking at messages. All right, so what I want to do right now is I want to give you some answers. I want to give you some answers on what you can do today to improve the conditions on why you've showed up. So first of all, I want to say that everything that I talk about, at some level, I have looked at research and of course, the pharmaceutical world uh, does most of the research because that's where the funding is, but more and more research is coming out uh, on an integrative functional medicine level on how to improve your eyes. Now, obviously, when we go for the exam, uh, and I was trained this way as well, is that the doctor is trained to look for disease and then treat the disease uh, with pharmaceuticals or surgery, or the third option is they'll say, well, just watch it. And if you ask them for some types of, you know, alternatives, uh, most of them don't really know where to go or what to do, because in eye care, what we're trying to do here is control symptoms. And of course, when we control a symptom, we drive the problem further in. So cataracts seem to be uh, a main concern for people. So the two ingredients that you need to address in cataracts and lens health 
are glutathione and vitamin C. You're looking somewhere around four to 500 milligrams a day of glutathione, either in a liquid where you can do a sublingual under the tongue, or you can also do a powder or a capsule. But glutathione has been shown, it's the master antioxidant in the body, partly improved in the, uh, partly uh, created in the liver. Also, you can get it from your cruciferous vegetables, garlic, onions, um, you know, anything with sulfur-based foods, glutathione is your friend. Selenium is helpful in the absorption of glutathione, so you want to make sure you're getting that trace mineral. <clears throat> and then the other one that's important is vitamin C, because the lens is made up of mostly collagen and water, and vitamin C, when it's at lower levels, these free radicals or oxidative stress uh, molecules tend to accumulate and start make the lens cloudy. And so those are really important for you. Next, I would say that the major eye nutrients that we talk a lot about, lutein and zeaxanthin, those are the plant carotenoids. And if you're gonna do a supplement, somewhere around 15 milligrams a day of lutein, and four to six milligrams a day of zeaxanthin. Obviously, they're also really good for your retina and macula, but also they're really important for the lens of the eye. And then you can add things like vitamin D3, which is important, omega-3 fatty acids, <clears throat> vitamin A, uh, make sure you're getting your zinc with vitamin A. And the last thing about cataracts that's critical is how much sugar you're eating because there's a process in the lens called glycation. Glycation means that the glucose molecules in the blood will attach themselves to the protein collagen molecules in the lens, and this creates the cloudy cataract experience. So the sugar, if you're pre-diabetic, if you have you know, glucose spikes because you're eating you know, high carbohydrates, um, processed foods, these are all going to contribute. Now, at a lesser extent, blue light from computers can secondarily may cause the development of cataracts. And there's a whole body of um, <clears throat> controversy around <clears throat> lens health and exposure to the sun. Well, if you were a lifeguard or you were a forest ranger and you're out in the sun all day, maybe that would cause cataracts or be one of the causes. But it's important to get an hour of natural sunlight every day. I think that the sun is your friend mostly and you know you can wear a hat, you can go out during the day when the sun isn't the most extreme, <clears throat> but we need sun. And, and I wouldn't blame sun exposure to cataracts unless, you know, you're getting, you know, many, many hours a day. If you're getting 30 minutes to an hour of natural sunlight, that's actually important. So it's part dietary. It's part um, really understanding that you've got to remove the oxidative stress that's coming into the lens of the eye. <clears throat> eye drops, uh, probably just the, the MSM drops 
would be the ones that I would suggest the 5%. Um, but I think systemically getting your glutathione, vitamin C, and these other eye nutrients are the way to go. And then being able to address the glycation issue. All right, the second place I want to go is in our refractive error, myopia and astigmatism. So with myopia, and I can speak first with firsthand experience because uh, you know my story, I became very nearsighted into my late 20s, and I met a holistic eye doctor, developmental optometrist, Dr. Al Shankman, and was a patient of his and was able to completely reverse my myopia uh, over uh, about six months. And so my understanding of what myopia is and what to do about it, I want to give you the cliff notes right now. And by the way, we're going to do some exercises in a few minutes, so hang in there. I want to, I want to give you some things today to take with you. <clears throat> but when you get a nearsighted prescription, we call that a minus lens, usually we're getting that as a way to fix some kind of blurriness in the distance. But the problem isn't in the distance, the problem is up close, at near, how we've locked in our eye muscles as a way to <clears throat> adapt to some experience that you know, we don't understand, we're confused about, or you know, some other things like that. And so when you start wearing a minus lens, it's reinforcing tension, it's reinforcing tightness in the eyes but even beyond the eyes, your brain, your thinking, your movement, your posture. In other words, myopia is a global experience. It's not just an eyeball experience, even though the eyes are the place where we are uh, experiencing the myopia. So what do you do for it? So the first thing is, if you're nearsighted, you don't want to be wearing the, um, the strong distance prescription all the time, especially indoors and say at your screens. If you're wearing one prescription and it's calculated for distance, that's gonna to be too strong for you uh, when you are using your screens. Now, some people take their lenses off, but then they have to get closer to the screen and this exposes them to EMF pollution, which of course we don't wanna do either. So ask your eye doctor for a second prescription. You don't have to tell them that it's a vision improvement prescription. You can just say, can I get a computer prescription? So if you're nearsighted, you're gonna get a reduced prescription. Perfect, that's exactly what you wanna start wearing in non-demanding and non-threatening situations. And to note, immediately when you wear that reduced prescription, there's less tension in the eyes and that's going to be your signal you're on the right track now if you start feeling frustrated when you're wearing this prescription because you can't see clear enough then just put on your strong glasses as a way to mitigate your your blurriness this is not a game for you to walk around and blur especially when it counts you wear what you need in the circumstance that's demanding of you. So if you're driving your kids, you wear your strong prescription. But otherwise, you can start wearing the reduced prescription 
And this works wonderfully as a way for you so your eyes can adjust to that weaker lens and eventually you'll be able to drive in them, which is part of the magic because whatever lens you put in front of the eyes, that's the position the eyes are gonna take. Another technique that works well with, with uh, myopia reduction is to start going without your lenses in non-demanding and non-threatening situations and notice mentally what you think, what you feel. In other words, start noticing what's uncomfortable for you, what you don't like about the blur. I remember in my own case, when I started to wear reduced prescriptions or no prescriptions, initially I didn't like it because I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was in control. So I put all this energy through my eyeballs as a way to feel in control, to get it right, to be perfect, you know, to get the good grades in school, all, all of those things. And myopia is a very results-based way of being. I call it kind of the, the attitude of results because when you are nearsighted, it's about precision, detail, and there's also a lack of flexibility mentally and also, once you take those lenses off, you're going to be in a vulnerable state of, wow, I don't like this. This is not what I want to do. And that's the cutting edge for you to start exploring going into that blurriness in non-demanding situations. And then you can add my opposite lens prescription that's now famous called the plus lens to blur, where you go to the drugstore and you get the strongest farsighted prescription and you bring it home and you start wearing it and you notice immediately that level of blur. What the farsighted lens is doing optically is it's spreading the light into areas of your peripheral retina that your regular minus lens is not allowing you to do. And remember, when you wear a minus lens, it makes things artificially smaller, makes you more tight. It makes you much more in a pushing your energy, your visual energy out. And so um, when you start wearing this plus lens to blur, this is a way for you to relax mentally and see the hypervigilance that you've put through your eyes. That myopia is a hypervigilant way of being. There's no question about that. Now, you might not be in touch with that, but that's what I want you to start to get in touch with. And if you do that, it unlocks the key where you can start understanding how much tension, 60 to 80% of body tension is carried in the eyes because we're so visually directed. And now with our screens, we run everything through our eye muscles and our eyeballs and this is creating the epidemic in myopia. Now let's bring in astigmatism for a moment because a lot of times they go together. So astigmatism means that the eye is shaped more like an egg. You visualize an egg. The muscles that are holding the eye in the eye socket are, are not working equally. And this creates an imbalance in the six muscles that are attached to the eye. And this starts to create a misshapen eyeball, 
which creates a warped kind of blur in your perception. And so now you have to get a multiple lens, which we call an astigmatism correction that's ground into the lens, which matches the warping that you're developing. So it doesn't fix anything. If anything, it reinforces the misshapen eyeball. Now, again, we need to talk on the macro level because astigmatism also means twist. It also means that the body is twisted in some way because there's an interplay between the body and the eyes in posture, in movement. There was a study that was done in the Baltimore Symphony and they took a look at some of the musicians who will say a violin player or somebody where their music was off to one side or to the other. And the bottom line was, is that because of that postural distortion, that was the side of the, the, the body, the eye, where the astigmatism would start to develop. So you better believe that your astigmatism is tied into cervical compression, head tilt, body twist. There's all kinds of uh, body adaptations that the optometrist will measure in the eye, and he calls that astigmatism. So any lens that you get that's correcting you to 2020, any lens you get is reinforcing the adaptive response that you're that you're making. So with astigmatism, we're going to do an exercise in a few minutes where you're going to start doing some eye movements in multiple areas of gaze might looking up might look to your right or to your left and that movement starts to relax the imbalance and the asymmetry in the eye muscles now if you have a forward thinking or progressive thinking eye doctor you can also get a prescription with no astigmatism in it or a reduced astigmatism so that you have a chance to interact with a lens that isn't just reinforcing you 100%. This gets a little tricky because some of the eye doctors think they want to correct you to see the smallest letters on the eye chart, when in fact, that is going to create more stress and tension in your eyes. And the truth of the matter is, you only need about 2040 to 2030 acuity and you're doing great okay so that takes care of myopia astigmatism now let's talk about a dry eye because this also got a lot of press this morning on our poll so dry eye is a tough one it you know in the medical literature they'll actually say there's no cure for dry eye once you've got it it's with you forever now, I don't necessarily believe that, but in order to really get a handle on the dry eye, it is going to take some deep, deep, deep digging on your part to take a look at many of the facets that trigger and cause dry eye. So let's start on a micro level, the eyeball, and we'll move to the macro level, which is more of the systemic metabolic causes of dry eye so in dry eye the mechanism is 
that the eyelids, especially by the eyelashes, have some oily glands called the meibomian glands. The eyelid also houses a second gland, which is kind of up in the corners up here, which are called the lacrimal glands. It's primarily the meibomian glands that are the culprit that are creating the dryness in the eye. And what happens is these oily glands either get clogged up, it could be due to inflammation, that's a big reason, or just a lack of circulation. And those oily glands are very important for producing the part of the tears that keep the tears sustained on the cornea. So what happens is either you're not producing enough of the tears or the tears you're producing are, are, are evaporating too quickly. So now you have a conundrum because the cornea needs liquid to maintain its lubrication. And if you're not getting that, it becomes a painful and very uh, uncomfortable set of symptoms, red eyes, burning, tearing, um, dryness, fatigue, you name it, you're gonna get all of these symptoms. Sometimes it's worse in the evening. Sometimes you wake up and your eyelids are stuck shut. So what do you do? You've got this whole inflammatory situation going on. Well, I'll speak conventionally first. Sometimes the eye doctor will actually make a diagnosis to see how quickly the tears are evaporating. And another thing he may, may test for is what we call a corneal staining to see you know, how much of the cornea is damaged or is dry due to the lack of tears covering the cornea. Now, at this point, you can do the artificial tears, you can do things like sustain, you could also do restasis. I'm sure you've heard of these types of eye drops, very conventional. They tend to reduce inflammation and try to lubricate the eyes. You may even go more deeply into something like a brooder mask where you heat up a mask and put it over the eyes in the evening as a way to try to get the meibomian glands to work better. And in some of the more severe cases, you can do a procedure called lipoflow. That's like going to an eye spa and they heat up the eyelids um, and that will work for a while. So at least you get some relief. So the bottom line is that if you want to go more in a, say, my world, my approach, number one, you've got to up your fats and oils, specifically omega-3s. You want to be getting 1,500 to 2,000 milligrams a day, a day of vitamin um, of omega-3. The next thing you want to consider, and this isn't talked about very much, is the state of the health of your liver and gallbladder. It's why I've released a gallbladder formula and a pancreatic enzyme formula because vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin and when you're not producing enough bile from the liver or you're not um, storing it well in the gallbladder, it's the bile that helps you absorb the vitamin A, the fat-soluble vitamins, <clears throat> and it can be a game-changer 
<clears throat> if you say take my gallbladder formula, <clears throat> you're now absorbing vitamin A better, that could reduce the, the dry eye. Obviously, MSM eye drops are good. You can use the castor oil eye drops in the evening, but you need to be careful. You don't use too much of it because sometimes it can clog up the meibomian glands. What I like to do with the castor oil, and we're gonna do this in a few minutes with MSM, is massaging. And while you're massaging, <clears throat> do it lightly. You can also put a warm compress over the eyes to dilate the meibomian glands so the castor oil isn't clogging up <clears throat> the meibomian, <clears throat> meibomian glands. Also, some other things, blue light protection. If you are on screens, make sure you're using a lens prescription that's right for the computer, that you're not using progressive lenses or distance glasses or some crazy prescription that's creating more eye stress then you need to take a look at your thyroid health your adrenal health these are all things that are really um, influential in accelerating the the dry eye so it comes down to can i reduce my inflammation and at the same time absorb my nutrients better the last thing you might want to try is my red light glasses so we know that red light is helpful in reducing inflammation and increasing the mitochondria function. And so even in this area around the eyelids and the cornea, the red light can be helpful in reducing and calming down some of the symptoms related to dry eye. You probably need to change your diet reduce your sugars, eat more natural plant-based. Obviously, if you're animal, um, full menu, then organic, grass-fed, uh, enzymes, probiotics, you know, those things, the, the gut and the eyes definitely go together. So you need to be able to, to, to manage those. Okay, so we're gonna segue into some of the exercises. And so what I'm going to say is a couple of things before I demonstrate them and we're going to do them together. First of all, eye exercises get a bad rap. I'm sure that if you went to your doctor and you said, do eye exercises help? If we polled the eye doctors, probably 99% of them would say, no, they don't help. And yet we've got the Bates people who do eye exercises dr bates has come up with a program that actually can help vision improvement and in my perspective the brain eye body connection has a certain patterning that we all have developed and the physical vision therapy that i am promoting helps change the software in the brain which is telling the eyes how to work. Now the eyes have one of the highest metabolic needs of the body and the, the macula has the highest metabolic need of the retina. There's also a very high concentration of both mitochondria and blood vessels in the retina that need to be able to transport and deliver nutrients to the entire eye. So 
if you've got dry eye, that's more of the front of the eye. <clears throat> if it's the optic nerve, it's the back of the eye. But the whole eyeball, which is brain tissue, needs the nutrient absorption. And one of the reasons why people develop cataracts, people develop macular degeneration, glaucoma, is because of the oxidative stress and lack of nutrient absorption. So we can obviously change our diet, we can take the nutrients, we can use natural eye drops, but part of it is on us in the programming, meaning we need to change the software so that we are using our eyes differently because function changes structure. Function, how we use our eyes, changes the structure of the eyes, changes the anatomy, creates cataracts, creates glaucoma, dry eye, macular degeneration. So these exercises contribute to this nourishment that our eyes need for finding the resiliency. Somebody asked me about where's Bates located. So Bates is dead. Bates practiced in New York City in the early 1900s. Aldous Huxley took his work, his eye exercise program, wrote about it, and then what emerged is what we call vision educators. You can look them up. You can Google vision educators, Bates teachers, and maybe you can find one in your area. They're, they're good people. I know them. I've worked with them. And uh, it's a little different than what I'm doing, but at least they would offer you a more integrative and holistic perspective. Okay, so exercises. I'm going to show you five exercises, five today. And with these exercises, it's important that if you're going to do these, you got to commit. Meaning that if you do it for a day or you do it for two days or you do it for three days and then you stop or you skip days, you're not going to see much change, if any. But I can tell you from a firsthand experience, when I went through my eye therapy, I started to see improvements and I kept a diary, a vision diary. This is what I'm noticing today. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing. And I gave up the goal of having to get rid of my myopia. That was hard to do. But once I did that, my myopia went away. So we want to get more into process and let go of results for now in the exercises. Okay, so the first one I'm gonna show you is called long swings. So when you do this, you're gonna be standing. I actually like doing this outside, but wherever you do it, you wanna have a nice landscape or windowscape around. And it's an exercise that's gonna start stimulating one of the most important parts of your vision, which is your peripheral vision. So your peripheral vision is very connected to your ears. We call this the vestibular system, vision vestibular. They help us with orientation, balance. Where am I in space? And guess what happens when we have our phone and we're on it, we lose our peripheral vision and we become very focal. This is for the myopes out there too, 
when you start doing this, you are eliminating your peripheral vision and you're reducing your vestibular stimulation. You must continue to work on the peripheral vision because that's involved in your balance, it's involved in your memory, it's involved in your three-dimensional vision. And yet it's being lost because we're all here. <clears throat> this is our world. <clears throat> so the long swings, you're gonna be moving slowly. I'm gonna break this down. So right off the bat, I'm stimulating my peripheral. Now, for some people, it's so disorienting, they start getting dizzy or nauseous or even vertigo that you can slow it down. So you can have a, more of a micro movement. Now fixation, eyes, I don't want you looking down. I want you looking up and out. Now bring your arms into it and your shoulders and your body where you can start to swing and your eyes are going with your body. That's kind of level one. Just see if you can do that. You wanna do it without any prescription, no glasses, no contacts. Again, right now, if you've got your contacts or glasses on, you can, you can do this, but uh, and especially reading glasses, take them off. Um, so you're swinging and there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can do it with a timer or you can say, I'm gonna do a minute, or you could do it, say, by counting. One, two, you're gonna do 10, three, four. It's very relaxed. Okay, so that's level one. You're just gonna get warmed up. It's a whole body experience. Now, with this, you wanna start coordinating awareness around your breathing. I like to do nose breathing rather than mouth breathing because nose breathing stimulates what we call our nitric oxide, which nitric oxide is a natural vasodilator. And studies have shown when you do mouth breathing, you're reducing your nitric oxide and it's creating more of that fight, flight, freeze response. So nose breathing, it can just be very simple. And then once you have done this and you feel comfortable, you can now start fixating behind you. So what I like to do is I look up, I look up, I look in the center. You can see where my finger's going. And then I'm looking down low. So this becomes a central peripheral exercise where I'm up to the right, up to the left, in the middle, down to the right, down to the left. And then you can just circle that around. This is such a great exercise for opening up that peripheral vision. Now, when you do this exercise, my suggestion would be, as in every one of these exercises I show you today, that you take a baseline on how your peripheral vision is doing as a starting point. So when I started with my peripheral vision, because I've been on the screen, I was kind of more like this. And I just did a few of the swings and my vision went back to 
very peripheral. And so you're gonna do the long swings. Again, you can do a minute or you can do 10 breaths and you can do it outside, no glasses, no contacts, and be aware of the nose breathing. And the advanced version of this is the fixation up to the right, up to the left, in the middle, in the middle, down to the right, down to the left. So that's number one. So now we're going to move to number two, which is more of a eyeball type experience, but it's very helpful for the brain. So the University of Rochester came out with a study that said 50% of vision is in the brain, 50%. And when our two eyes are either not working together or one eye is over dominating the other, this eye scan is a great one for getting you to repair the imbalance between the two eyes. So we do this separately. We do the right eye and we do the left eye. And this is very good for astigmatism. You can also do it standing and you can also do it sitting. So I'm gonna do it standing. And this is where you get to cover an eye. So I'm gonna cover my left eye and I'm gonna get a baseline on my visual acuity out there. I've got a good big window there and I've got the trees. I can see the light. So now I'm going to use my right thumb and my right eye. And I'm going to go out at arm's length and I'm going to focus on my thumb. You don't need to see it clearly, but you're going to focus on the thumb. And now you're going to trace an object. I'm going to trace a window. So I'm looking at the thumb, but my thumb is tracing. So I'm scanning and stretching. Breathing and blinking. So I might do that for about 30 seconds. And then I take my hand away and I close both eyes. And I'm, I'm sensing and feeling into the right eye, brightness, relaxation, big difference. I look with my right eye with acuity and I'm already seeing things more clearly because I'm working with that movement, which is creating more blood flow and circulation. Pretty simple. All right, then I'm gonna do the other eye. Again, left eye, left thumb, arm's length. I'm looking at my thumb. And notice you can move your body as well. I can go up. I can go looking down. So I'm really exploring even more with this left eye than I did with the right eye. Okay, so now I'm gonna close both eyes and they are balancing. I can feel that there's some tingling and circulation going on. If you have any condition, macular, cataract, glaucoma, myopia, astigmatism, any of the conditions you've talked about, this is gonna help. So I now take a measurement of the left eye and it's really clear out there. Then I look with both eyes and this is great. So with the eye scan, 
you're going to be doing this about say one to two minutes with each eye it's not long you know so so far we're you know we're keeping this on the shorter side you don't have to do it all day okay exercise three a little product placement here my msm drops people ask me should we start with the five or the 15 my advice would be start with the five percent it doesn't burn it feels good only if you have used the five percent for a month or two and you're used to it because the 15 percent is going to burn and if your eyes are sensitive it's not a good place to start so this third exercise is called is called um, eye massage, MSM eye massage. Now there are two ways to do this. First of all, you wash your hands. Second of all, your eyes are closed and you put a drop in the corners of each eye. So I've got one drop in the corner. My eyes remain closed, but you see how I'm making little spirals here. This is gonna be great for dry eye. And I spend about 10 to 15 seconds really massaging that MSM around the eyelids, and then I open. This is very lubricating. <clears throat> now, a second a way to do this is the eye bath. So again, my hands are clean. I'm going to tilt back, and I'm going to spray the drops along my eyelashes and now I have a puddle of MSM in the eye socket. And now I'm really massaging and putting them around the eyelids. So with the MSM bath, you're running the drops along the eyelashes while you're either lying down, that's the best, or at least putting your head back. And you're gonna get probably six to eight drops in that area. This is gonna be highly moisturizing. And for most people, most people, they're not hydrating their eyes enough. Even the people that don't have dry eye. So by doing the eye massage and the eye bath at least three to four times a day, you're gonna to start to lubricate and moisturize. And this helps the eyelid health, the cornea health, and even some of those drops will penetrate into the lens, the vitreous, and the retina. So that's my third exercise for you. Let's go to number four. You can also do this with castor oil, absolutely. Okay, number four, tongue clock palming. Okay, so for many of you, you know that I've studied a lot of different modalities and I've kind of taken them and distilled them into how can we improve our eyes? And so one of the things that I have observed and learned is that our face has acupuncture points, okay? And there's some really specific acupuncture points around the mouth. And there are two of them that are really activating. One is called the governing vessel, which is our yang meridian. And it goes, the meridian goes up over our head, down our spine, through our perineum, and it ends kind of at our belly button, a little below the belly button. That's the, the male, the yang. 
And then we have the conception vessel, which runs down the middle here, respiratory, digestion, and it meets up with the governing vessel. So you're going to combine some sound with some acupressure, and it's going to do some things on an acupuncture level. It's also going to do some things on a craniosacral level of, of bones and fluid level. So the way you do this exercise is as follows. You're going to take your tongue and you're going to put it on the outside part of the upper teeth and the inside part of the lip, anywhere you can do it. It doesn't need to be real high up. It's just kind of right there. And I'm going to palm my eyes. I'm going to breathe in through my nose. And you're going to see me pressing on that upper lip. Okay. Now I'm going to immediately take my tongue and put it on the outside part of my lower teeth. This is the conception vessel. So when you when you press on this, it opens up the cervical spine, C4 to C7, the bones back there. And when the cervical spine gets compressed, it starts affecting the eye muscles. When you press on this point, it opens up C1 to C4, so the upper part of the cervical spine. In addition, you're getting the acupuncture activation with the sound, and you're also palming and relaxing your eyes. So that would be the first way I would do it. We do three on each, upper, lower, upper, lower, upper, lower and then you're done. A second more advanced way to do it is to go all the way around. So every time you make a sound and you press, it's on the exhale, you're gonna do the entire 12 positions of the clock. There's a lot of meridians here that are gonna affect not only the eyes, but the jaw and down into the lower part of the body, your respiration, your digestion, to name two. So the first is just conception, conception vessel, governing vessel, and then the second way to do it would be through the tongue clock. Three, you either do three, one, two, three, or you just go around one time, either clockwise or counterclockwise. This is very powerful for opening up the circulation, the nerves. So if you've got something like third nerve palsy, or you've got uh, double vision, or you've got lazy eye, this is very activating on a neurological level to start to include the sound, the mouth, and the eyes. Okay, so that's the tongue clock. Now the last exercise, again, is very famous is my palm hum exercise. And most of you know about this. This is the one where you rub your hands together, you cup them over the closed eyes, you breathe in through the nose, and on the exhale, you keep your mouth closed 
you make a humming sound. So you would do six or eight of those and I can tell you that when you do that sound and it goes into the eyes, it's going to open up the tissue and relax everything here and give you much clearer eyesight. It's really a great one. So just to recap, long swings, eye scan with each eye separately using your thumb, MSM eye massage and eye bath, the tongue clock exercise with palming over your eyes and the breath, the palm hum exercise. So if you did those five exercises three times a day for a month, I can tell you working with thousands of people that is going to create a change in the tissue health, the flexibility, the eyesight, the circulation, and if you couple that with um, some nutrients, you have a good chance at the very least to neutralize what you're dealing with. And at the very most, it could really change things. Okay, so I want to leave a little time here for the end. So I want to take a few questions. There's a Zoom user that's asking me about retinitis pigmentosa. So this is a degenerative genetic disease that affects the rods of the eye. And in my view, what you need to do here is things to stimulate the peripheral vision. That could be the long swings exercise. There's also special prisms that you can get that open up your peripheral vision. They're called yoked prisms. You can also you know, make sure you're getting the proper nutrients. I'm sure you are. Omega-3, you know, the retina is about 50% fatty acids. That's why we need this, those omega-3, especially the DHA part of the omega-3. Omega-3, uh, vitamin A and zinc, uh, lutein and zeaxanthin. You want to make sure you're really boosting those. The red glasses and then the eye exercises. If you do those things, you have a pretty good chance of slowing down the progression of the RP. All right, another question is about pterygium. So this is a, a growth over the eye, the connective tissue. One of the terms they use is called surfer's eye. You probably heard that. So this is a collagen imbalance. It's a dry, uh, a dryness issue. So Hyaluronic acid eye drops, they're called hyal drops, hylodrops, hyloteers, might be good for you. Obviously, the MSM eye drops are great, the castor oil eye drops are great. Um, this is going to take some real um, continuous, how can we say, persistence, because once the pterygium has formed, it loves to live in dry climates, dryness. So you need to really keep things lubricated, you know, adding your fats and oils, and maybe consider, you know, working with a functional medicine doctor and finding out, are you deficient in some trace minerals? What's the state of your gut health? 
Do you need to eat more of an anti-inflammatory diet? You know, again, there's a real link between what we're eating and the formation of pterygium. So there you go on that one. Macular pucker. So the macula is the center part of the retina that helps us see detail. And inflammation can be one of the main culprit, culprits of macular pucker. You're not getting the nutrients you need in that very tiny area. Also the vitreous, which is the gel sac that sits in front of the retina, has an attachment at the macula. So it can start to pull on the macula because it's shrinking. And this creates that distortion, like a waviness in the macula. So MSMI drops, upping your lutein, zeaxanthin, and astaxanthin. Doing the eye exercises are very important. Red, red light therapy is also very important. And blue blockers, making sure you're wearing your blue blockers for all your screen time. Um, so somebody's asking a question, uh, Reginer eyes, Reginer, R-E-G-E-N-E-R eyes. So I think in moderation that, um, that um, in this particular set of uh, eye drops, moderation certainly you can use them you can use them in conjunction with the msm drops and the castor oil eye drops for sure so it's not going to hurt you to use those okay another question using the red light glasses this is more of a comment so red light therapy especially in the red glasses is very very helpful for mitochondria function reducing oxidative stress let me get my pair. You can see them. Glenn Jeffries, who is an ophthalmologist, did a study on macular health, also red light reducing drusen. Here are my red glasses. I'm just using the window as a light source. Again, we don't need to use a bright light source, but I'm doing this every morning, and morning is the time you want to do the red glasses. That was, uh, again, highlighted in the study. So think mitochondria health, better ATP, better energy, uh, reversing regeneration. That's the basis of the red glasses. Okay, so somebody wants me to address blindness and partial blindness from birth. So as I said at the very beginning, part of vision is in the brain. And you can have vision and not have eyesight. You can have vision and you can be physically blind. There's so many different components to vision about knowing where I am in space, understanding gravity in my movement, understanding being able to locate myself and, and motor myself through some kind of sensing, whether that's intuition, whether that's peripheral awareness. So even if you've got the partial blindness at birth, there's still a lot of upside in the sensory motor integration and the brain is such a potent organ in our learning, in our processing, making relationships, problem solving. So think of it as blindness might be in the eye, but not in the brain. 
not in the body, not in the movement, not in the orientation. So there are many, many things that can be done. What is the best time today to take the optic nerve formula? Uh, morning would be the best time. You can either do it with or without food. You're drinking it, so you're putting it in your favorite beverage, uh, which for me is water. And you can, you can eat either before or after. It kind of just depends. It's a very gentle powder, so it works well. Okay, here's another question. I've been diagnosed with full thickness hole in the macula, macula hole. And you've been offered surgery, 95% success rate, the stage of the hole has gotten to. However, there's been no deterioration in the hole for 10 months since my last retinal scan. You're inclined to wait. I would wait also. I think that, um, you know, the surgery is definitely could create things like scar, scar tissue, uh, inflammation, and poorer eyesight. And part of it is dependent on, you know, how well you see out of that eye, what the distortion is like. But I would continue to boost your lutein, zeaxanthin, astaxanthin, saffron is another great one for your macular health. I sell that on my website. Curcumin is another one that's very good for macular health. And then protecting yourself from the blue light and uh, using the red glasses would probably be really helpful, the MSM 5%. So those would be some things to go. And then using your judgment on uh, how long you want to wait and whether you feel you can reverse it enough where you don't want to have the uh, situation. Okay, how to stop constant eye twitching. So with eye twitching, this can be a couple of things. First of all, not getting enough magnesium in your body. Uh, most people are deficient in magnesium. I've done some great video blogs on magnesium. So that would be number one. Number two, eye stress. And I would consider doing these exercises I showed you today, especially spotlighting the palm hum as a way to reduce the twitching. The twitching is partly an overload. It's an electrical overload into the eyes. So what's your EMF exposure? Do you do earthing? Can you go out in your bare feet? Are you doing things like sunning and forest bathing and more nature-based things? You might consider some craniosacral therapy, but the, the twitching is really related to stress. So somebody's asking, will these protocols help with vertigo? Yes, but especially with the long swings, that could trigger more vertigo. So you might start with your eyes closed and do it while you're sitting. You're gonna have to kind of push through some of the vertigo energy that you're experiencing to have a wider field of peripheral vision. You know, vertigo is an interesting thing because it can be an underacting vestibular system and an overacting visual system. And this is creating the vertigo. So doing things like with balance with eyes closed, doing some craniosacral therapy, doing some eye stimulation, things like the ones I'm showing you today can start to move you out of uh, the vertigo. All right, ERM, that's the same epiretinal membrane disorder as macular pucker. So I think I've just uh, addressed that. You were di just diagnosed with 
early stages of macular degeneration. Of course, this can be stopped and reversed. If we can, I can point you to the, the landmark ARIDS study, ARIDS-2 study, where they actually showed taking certain nutrients, beta carotene, lutein, zeaxanthin, omega-3, zinc, you could actually slow down the progression and in some cases reverse the macular degeneration. All right, someone is asking about to find out a book or course about root causes. Okay, well, I'm going to segue here for a second and make an announcement. This is um, a, a new uh, program that I'm going to be uh, launching. And because you've taken this class, you um, have first dibs of, of being able to sign up. It's my membership subscription program. And I've been working really hard on the membership. There are three different kinds of membership. Uh, think of it like a Netflix where you can join in a membership and you get access to my classes and courses that you normally wouldn't be able to see on social media. Also some of my advanced classes on aromatherapy, color therapy, and this one question you're having about the root causes, there's going to be a curriculum for each eye condition. So with this membership, um, there, there are, again, three different ways you can do it. There's the Hawk, the Vision, I'm sorry, the Hawk, the Eagle, and the Professional Mentorship. So any people out there that are uh, health practitioners, licensed health practitioners that want to be mentored by me, <clears throat> they can join the mentorship program. But for the for everybody else, the Hawk and the and the Eagle, they offer you discounts on my products, discounts on courses, uh, access to a live weekly Q and A with me, so you get to ask questions like you're doing right now. And so if you want to sign up. I'm going to give you uh, the link here and you can go to it and also give you a code that you can use and you'll get a discount for signing up for taking this class. So I'm going to put it in the chat. Here it is right now. And <clears throat> there we go. So that's the, the, um, the platform that it'll be on. And if you use the code LAUNCH when you line up, you'll get a coupon. And uh, again, you could look at the different membership levels and what they offer. But this would be a way for you to understand uh, root causes and what you can do about it. So um, I'm going to continue on with the questions. And let's see how far we can go. Sunglasses outside. Well, I think in moderation, sunglasses are just fine to use. Um, I use sunglasses when there's a lot of glare, if I'm on the water, if I'm up at 12,000 feet or skiing, it's perfectly fine. Now, one of the things I'm gonna be offering because people are asking for it, and I get so um, kind of frustrated about what's being sold on the market, I have developed a pair of sunglasses that are really healthy for you. They give you great optics and great clarity, um, and they're very balanced in terms of all the light getting into your eyes. So we're gonna be releasing those sunglasses 
the sun lenses probably by the end of July. So stay tuned for that. But generally speaking, get 30 to 60 minutes of natural sunlight away a day. And then if you want to wear some sunglasses when you feel you need it, like when you're driving, uh, that's perfectly fine. All right, somebody's talking about a vitrectomy. Again, this is a surgery. They're trying to improve the circulation. Um, I would be careful about going into that. Again, it's, it's so related to, do you have high eye pressure? Is it narrow angle glaucoma? What are you dealing with? But certainly using my methods could be very helpful in being able to avoid those, um, those situations. All right. Somebody's asking about the retina, retina and occultation. So let me say this about the retina. I think for everybody, we need to boost omega-3s. We need to boost our lutein, zeaxanthin, and astaxanthin, making sure we're, we're absorbing the fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A and lutein and zeaxanthin. And I think that if you can do those things, if you're really suffering, do the red therapy, red light therapy. Think of it this way, that you're just gonna work from a wellness model where you're not gonna get so hooked into X treats Y, X fixes Y, but you're gonna do more of the wellness model. How can I boost my retina so then all of these conditions can dissipate and go away? All right, next question. Are there benefits to craniosacral therapy besides astigmatism? Yes, for myopia, for strabismus, absolutely. You know, working with kids and adults over the years, I had the, the, um, the expertise of my eye exam equipment here and the massage table right next to it. I would measure them and do cranial and the strabismus would be less. Sometimes it would be gone. The myopia would be less, the astigmatism would be less. So there's a direct correlation to the health and movement here and what's going on in our eyes. Okay, my daughter was diagnosed with myopia. She is 13. They want to do hard lenses to stop the progression. What can I do with her right eye? So the right eye is part of it. Well, she could. you could ask the doctor if she's going to do contacts for distance to get some kind of a reading prescription and glasses for up close to reduce the myopia. So she's not looking through the distance lenses for uh, her, her close work. The next thing would be maybe to get into some kind of physical vision therapy program, either with me or another holistic eye doctor to see if you can build more flexibility and resiliency, because what the hard contact lenses are doing is treating a symptom. I mean, it will help slow the progression, but it's not treating the cause of what's generating the myopia. That's where you need to do the physical vision therapy. All right, the five exercises again are, number one, long swings. Number two, eye scan. Number three, MSM eye massage and eye bath. Number four, tongue clock exercise. Number five, the palm hum exercise. Good to see you, Susie. Any advice on presbyopia? Start with wearing pinhole glasses instead of your readers when you're reading. Number two, wear something less than you normally wear in terms of magnification. 
and make the print, the, the, the font larger. And number three, use the minus lens to blur exercise on my website. That's great for presbyopia. You can Google it to find it out. All right, next question. Would you please come out with some blue blocker reading glasses? You read my mind. I am working diligently right now with my manufacturers to come up with some really new blue blockers in the readers. And some people are wanting different kinds of frames. So yes, that is happening. Check back with me the end of uh, July. Okay, you've been using glaucoma drops for three years. They make you sick. Do you know anything about these types of drops? Well, you can Google the side effects. They dry your eyes, they create blurred vision, heart palpitations, so on and so forth. This is why I would consider starting to do some other things, the nitric oxide, taking better care of your optic nerve through ginkgo, bil uh, uh, bilberry, omega-3s, Get some craniosacral, boost your lymphatic health, get some acupuncture, do some of my eye exercises, the red glasses. I have so much that I've uh, produced about glaucoma. And with this membership program, we're going to have a specific course on glaucoma. So you might want to check that out. And um, there'll be both exercises and e-learning. So again, my membership program is, is uh, open. And if you want to register for it, we'd love to have you. Again, you can use the discount code LAUNCH and uh, check it out. It's really good. Um, Dr. Sam, hold on. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have a, the link uh, for the So I put the, link, I put the link in the chat. I'll no, it, it, it never showed up here. Okay, so yeah. let me uh, do it again. You say the um, the code is launch. Yep, but let me let me see where the um, hmm. well uh, meeting chat group. Let's try it again. Okay. It it said it did, but it obviously you didn't get it. There it is. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Sure. Do it again so you can. All right. I want to continue with the questions. Um, I've got a little more time, and I want to really uh make this valuable to you today so that you took the time and so did i no link i apologize for that all right um let's come back up to yes you can use the red lens glasses ongoing just as a maintenance um you really can't overdo it especially if you're um, regulating the light source you don't need a light bright uh, bright light source that's the problem with some of these um uh, boxes, the, the LED boxes, they're just too, too bright. Okay, so somebody said um, they missed the, the uh, Troy missed the, the class. So you're going to get a copy of this. If you want to, you can just double check. Um, you can send um, an email there and say, that you didn't you didn't you weren't able to to join and we will send you a link so you'll be able to to get that and so just email them and uh, we we are very aware of that okay let's keep going with some other questions um 
Would MSM drops help with eye pressure? No, um, you need to do much more than MSM. There's an herb that I like that can actually bring the pressure down and it's called coleus. I just wrote it in the chat. Coleus and um, this herb has been shown to bring down the eye pressure. So I would get on that, okay? And um, that, would be, uh, that would be much better for you. I would probably also add the nitric oxide uh, optic nerve formula. You need to protect your optic nerve with uh, glaucoma. So um, that would be my approach. Certainly the MSM are great, but um, not by itself. Are the blue blocker adhesive screens used directly on devices as effective? as uh, blue blocking glasses. No, they are good. Uh, a company I'm working with right now is called Safe Sleeve. Um, I like their products. Um, I'll put it in the chat. Uh, Safe Sleeve will give you the um, that, that screen protector that you want and you need. Okay, let's go here. I'm using Oclamed eye drops which contains N-acetylcarnosine, glutathione, and vitamin C. My opinion of those eye drops is they, they are hit or miss. I stopped using them because they really weren't helping the majority of my patients and they're kind of expensive. However, if you're getting benefits from them, use them. You'll know in about three months whether they're working or not. If they're not working, you're going to have to steer in another direction. In my opinion, I think the cataracts are really caused a lot by systemic imbalances, what I talked about at the beginning, upping your glutathione and vitamin C on a systemic level and really balancing out your glucose, the glycation process. Um, there's another product I use called berberine, which actually helps balance out your blood sugar levels quite well. And it's a great formula for uh, improving lens health. So you might check that out. Okay, everybody, it's been a pleasure back online. I love it. You'll see me more doing these classes and also check out my membership. We'd love to have you. I wish you a great weekend and um, so great to be with you again. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.